Welcome back to the Equine Hour podcast. We're your hosts, Nathra and Yuvati. We're here to make you think about economics from a different perspective. Be sure to follow the Equine Hour on Instagram to keep up to date with us. In this episode of our podcast, we'll be discussing whether immigration should be banned and addressing the economic impacts. As usual, let's begin by establishing what immigration is. Immigration is a process through which individuals become permanent residents or citizens of another country. Historically, the process of immigration has been of great social, economic and cultural benefit to countries. It is evident that throughout the years, immigrants have played a major role in driving one's economy. This is seen to benefit countries in many ways, whether it's increasing labour force or brain power. Immigrants accounted for 47% of the increase in the workforce in the United States and 70% in Europe over the past 10 years. Migrant workers make important contributions to the labour market in both high and low skilled occupations. They arrive with skills and contribute to the human capital development of receiving countries and technological progress. One economic benefit has been an increase in innovation, measured by an increase in patenting per capita, which is connected to productivity growth. This has led economists to argue that high-skilled immigration has brought more innovation, entrepreneurship and technological change. Even though most immigration is not directly driven by the workforce needs, immigrants are playing a significant role in the most dynamic sectors of the economy. New immigrants represented 22% of the entries into strongly growing occupations in the United States and 15% in Europe. These include notably healthcare occupations and STEM occupations. At the same time, immigrants represented about a quarter of entries into the most strongly declining occupations in Europe, which is about 24%, and the United States, about 28%. In Europe, these occupations include craft and related trades workers, as well as machine operators and assemblers. In the United States, they concern mostly jobs in the production, installation, maintenance and repair. In all these areas, immigrants are filling labour needs by taking up jobs regarded by domestic workers as unattractive or lacking career prospects. Employment is the single most important determinant of migrants' net physical contribution, the difference between their contributions and the benefits they receive, particularly in countries with generous welfare states. Raising immigrants' employment rate to that of the native-born would require substantial physical gains in many European OECDs the Organisation for Economic Cooperation in Development Countries. In particular, in Belgium, France and Sweden, which would see a budget impact of more than 0.5% of GDP, it would also help immigrants meet their own goals. Most immigrants, after all, do not come for social benefits, but to find work and to improve their lives and those of their families. In addition, migrants tend to be more concentrated in the younger and economically active age groups compared with natives and therefore contribute to reduced dependency ratios. Make sure to watch our previous episode on the ageing population to find out more about the dependency ratio. Net immigration will lead to a growth in the size of the labour force and an increase in the productive capacity of the economy. Net immigration represents a means of stabilising the ageing populations of economies in the global north in general. In North America, for instance, immigration made up 32% of the population growth between 2000 and 2018, according to the economic analysis published by the International Monetary Fund. Immigration leads to higher economic growth with a corresponding rise in tax revenues and potential for government spending. It's argued that immigrants often arrive with little wealth, so have a greater incentive to try and make something for themselves. Also, 
People who are willing to leave a country and try in a foreign company are the most ambitious and willing to take risks, and as a result, tend to be the more dynamic part of the workforce. Therefore, immigration is better for the economy. Fear of immigration is that immigrants take jobs from the native-born population. However, this is known as the lump of labour fallacy. The belief is that the number of jobs remains fixed. However, this is not the case. If immigrants move to the US or UK and gain employment, then they will spend their wages in their new country, creating new demand in the service and goods sector. In the UK, immigrants working in the economy are more likely to have more educational and skilled qualifications. For example, just 20% of UK citizens finish education at 21 or later, but 53% of new immigrants were educated until 21 or later because immigrants are more likely to be young and working than native-born citizens. They provide a net benefit to government revenues. Working people pay income tax, but don't receive benefits such as education pensions. Young people are less likely to use healthcare services than old people. Immigration leads to a rise in the average wage of all workers, but a fall in the wages of some low-paid workers. As well as this, immigrants harm low-skilled labourers by taking jobs that American workers would otherwise get or depressing wages of native-born, low-skilled workers. According to the National Academies, Trump said the immigration system costs American taxpayers billions of dollars per year. Contrastingly, when surveying the economic impact of immigrants over more than a decade, the National Academy study found little evidence that immigration lowered employment rates for the native-born workers. There was some evidence that immigrants affected the employment of native-born teens and previous immigrants who may represent close labour substitutes. While first-generation immigrants did cause higher government costs, mostly at the state and local levels. A summary of the findings said that their children more than made up for it. A projection from that report said that over the next 75 years, the physical impact of immigration in the US would probably be a net gain at the federal level, but generally negative at the state and local level. The distinction occurred, the report said, because state and local governments incur the cost of educating these immigrants, but tax collection does not recover much of the money spent. Based on its survey data from 1994 to 2013, the National Academies report also conveyed that during their working years, first-generation immigrants paid less in federal, state and local taxes combined than native-born citizens. The impact on wages tends to be greater for the low-paid and those with few educational qualifications. Often, supporters of immigration point to how it increases real GDP, and this is true. A rise in the population will increase national output, but if immigration is low-skilled, it will lead to a fall in real GDP per head. Immigration could lead to some displacement of native-born workers who then experience structural unemployment. For example, if immigrants gain unskilled labour because they're willing to work for lower wages, those native-born low-skilled workers may find it harder to gain new employment in higher-skilled occupations. Immigration and a rise in local populations put higher pressure on social services such as schools, hospitals, roads and public transport. In theory, higher growth would lead to more tax revenue to enable higher spending but immigration tends to be focused on particular areas, such as near borders. If immigrants move to areas with limited housing stock, immigration can put upward pressure on rents and housing prices, reducing living standards and increasing housing poverty for both immigrants and native-born populations who experience high living costs. In the UK, housing costs are a major problem, especially in areas like London and the South, 
where it has been hard to find places to build new housing. There are many other issues surrounding immigration, for example overcrowding. Overcrowding could lead to not being enough jobs or housing, which leads to an informal economy in housing. Currently, Mexico City is dealing with this issue. Unfortunately, the informal economy is not counted in the country's overall GDP, in reality making it unreliable. Also, due to the increasing population, there are increased levels of pollution. Therefore, countries would have to invest more to tackle this, which increases costs for a country. For example, India has to fix the pollution as well as Mexico City. Not to mention, there is also an increased pressure on natural resources, as more people are using these resources. Therefore, many countries tend to use non-renewable resources, as they are more reliable and cost-effective. This money, however, could instead be spent on healthcare, education, etc. Even though immigration may be a benefit for a country, it can also affect the home country of the immigrants negatively. For example, since there are fewer people to pay tax, it could increase. This could also mean that many people are unable to pay tax, which could lead to other problems. In addition, there will be fewer skilled immigrants, as those with skills and education tend to be the people who immigrate. This is also known as brain drain. Brain drain could harm economic development and in fact make circumstances in the specific country worse. There are often gender imbalances as it is often males who move. Inequality will tend to rise in these third world countries, countries where women are not expected to work, which will greatly affect the country's GDP. There will be increased pressure on public services, such as schools, housing and healthcare, due to the increasing population. This could mean that the government would have to invest in more infrastructure to accommodate these people. They also lower the costs of some labour activities, including childcare, food preparation, house cleaning and repair, and construction, and provide more demand for housing. Overall, immigration has its negatives, but it's very beneficial to the economy. That's it for now. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow the Econ Hour on Instagram to keep up to date with us. Make sure to listen to our previous episodes too.